Am I Pretty Now? A podcast about the ugly side of beauty. With Haley and Aaron. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Am I Pretty Now? Um, I'm Haley. I'm Erin, and uh, this week's topic is brought to you by Erin. I'm going to let her introduce. I'm going to let her let you guys know what's going down for today's topic. So grab a seat, grab a drink, friends. Hey, guys. Uh, So as Haley said, I'm going to be delivering today's topic. I'll be honest, I don't really have a name for it uh, (laughs) or a way to just explain it in and of itself because it kind of took me in a bunch of different directions. Yeah. Uh, So I think it kind of started, of all things, I was, uh, and if you've listened, you know our feelings about it, getting ready to, which I still can't find an appointment for, uh, make an appointment for my booster. Oh, yes. Um, Now that we can all get it. But it's weird because it's like I can't find one anywhere, like available before like the end of December. Really? And yet everybody I work with that believes in getting it. Mm -hmm. um, So like four people have already uh, gotten theirs. (laughs) Um, but it just kind of like it got me thinking um, a little bit, I think maybe just like the whole like needle situation and like with what we do in our industry, there's some like micro needling, all of that sort of thing. Sure. It was just Halloween. <clears throat> so it's still kind of like spooky time. It just kind of made me think a little bit about um, the uh, services that they're calling now the vampire facial. Ooh. So I kind of wanted to get into that a little bit just because it's kind of like been everywhere lately. And I feel like more and more people are asking about it. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, that actually ends up, and I'm going to get to it, I promise. Um, it kind of like led me down a little path, just sort of like, okay, well, what's the history of like people doing anything with blood whatsoever? <laughs> sure. Really? Yeah. Because like, obviously, it's not just like one day somebody wakes up and they're like, I'm going to have my blood taken out and then inject it back into my face. <laughs> like, obviously, there has to be some sort of like belief system like regarding blood um bodily fluids that sort of thing of course so i'm going to be discussing a lot of that it's actually a lot more interesting than i thought at least i hope you think it's interesting (laughs) um because i made a lot of notes oh my gosh she is showing me (laughs) yeah her note note thing on her phone and i mean it's a couple fingers worth of scrolls yeah wow okay yeah so we're actually, yeah, so kind of like, you know, how you were saying uh, with your radium episode, you were like, oh, I don't really know, like, how much research I have or, like, how great it is. Yeah. I That's how I'm feeling with this one today. We have um, to stop prefacing yes, the episode with, like, like that. I don't know. We have to pretend that we're Maybe super confident. Maybe you'll like it. Um, but I think you will. I mean, obviously, your episode turned out really, really great. Thank um, you. So I Thank think this you. one will, too. Yes. Um, but honestly, before we even get into it. Mm-hmm. I just have to address one thing. I don't know if you saw it this morning or not. No. And so, you didn't text me. I know. So <laughs> anybody who's really, like, who knows me, basically, you know I like my magazines. Absolutely. And I'm not super into, like, celebrity culture necessarily. Can I just tell yes. them? <laughs> so we went to Rehoboth a couple weeks ago. Mm. And they have those free magazine things lined yes, up on the I, sidewalk. I even like them. <laughs> Aaron stopped and got one that we literally had in the hotel room already. (laughs) Well, that's because we weren't in the hotel room and we were like on the street. And I had to convince you 
to stop and get it because you were like, oh, no, no, Mm -hmm. no. And then you'd look back at it dreamingly. Yeah. And then you'd look away and I'm like, Aaron, just do it. I know you want the stupid magazine. (laughs) So if anyone ever needs magazines to make a ransom note, get in contact with Aaron. She has plenty. I have all your supplies. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Um, No, you're good. But so this morning, um, it's not a physical magazine, but I saw it online uh, from People Magazine. Okay. Uh, problematic as she is, uh-huh. Chrissy Teigen. Ooh, yes. Kind of just did something that we discussed on another topic. What'd she do? Girl got brow implants. Br- or, well, transplants. Remember we were talking with uh, wigs? <laughs> yes. Yeah, brow she went implants? ahead because she has overplucked her brows, like many, um, way too much, and supposedly she doesn't like wearing makeup. Um, I okay. shouldn't say it that way, but I did say it that way, <laughs> so you kind of know my feelings on it from there. Uh-huh. Um, just take a gander. Oh. That's, yes. They did the, uh, you know, taking from the back of your head. Uh, and transplanting directly onto your face. I have feelings about this look that she now has. Okay, never it's mind. It's a little much. The first picture you you showed me doesn't mm-hmm. look terrible. They're very um. Uh, what's her name? Cara Delevingne. Yes. The healed picture mm-hmm. doesn't look nearly as good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that but is she's so done it. Funny. I just wanted to kind of like real life. We have an actual example of people doing this, you know, stuff. On that front, I have to thank Chrissy Teigen. Yes. Because it does add a little bit more levity to the wigs episode. Mm-hmm. And she's she's made it real. And she's made it real. So thank you, you problematic child. Yes. You. yes. <laughs> oh, man, I missed that. Yeah. First, literally one of the first <laughs> things that popped up for me this morning was that. That is so funny. Mm-hmm. I understand. Which the, says a lot about my searches, I guess, too, on my phone, <laughs> that that's what came up. Eyebrow transplant. Listen, um, I've, but yeah. I've Googled if you can run faster than Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, no. How fast does he run? Uh, faster than the speed of light. Okay, so no, yeah. <laughs> There's actually, super getting off topic, there is a video on YouTube that these, like, super nerdy science guys yeah. actually do the math. To figure out. To figure out what type of speeds he runs at. And basically, it's just the speed of light. So your Google searches can't be any dumber than mine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've definitely looked some weird stuff up, but yeah. But yeah, that one's okay. Mm -hmm. But We can blame it on the podcast. So I just wanted to mention that. (laughs) Thank you. So anybody who's interested, go ahead. Check out uh, Chrissy Teigen's new brows. I mean, it is worth a checkout. Yes. Again. Uh, Regardless of what your feelings are about the process itself the finished product (laughs) um yeah so then my question about that is will she still are they gonna shed oh no i was gonna say she's still gonna like tweeze them and and shape i i hope not i mean they had it shaped initially so yeah that's just it i'll be honest grow out of it i'm tracing a very edgy eyebrow it should now it should. Okay. And yet it's interesting because now that we're discussing it, I mean, you know, your lashes, they are on your head, your eyebrow, they will all shed. Right. At some point naturally. naturally. So I think you maybe just have to keep getting 
the transplantation done. But in a way, this kind of ties into my subject as well. Yes. So we'll get to that also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, side note too. Yes. Hair transplant is an episode I would like to do eventually down the road. One of us can decide to actually be the presenter. But uh, we'll have to remember that. That's so interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Chrissy Teigen. You yep, have yep. Too much time on your hands. Way too much. <laughs> way too much. But in a way, like she is doing a service though, because she literally like is saying like, "Hi, teenagers. If you don't want to have to do this in the future, like please don't over over tweeze and over pluck now." Yes. And I feel like I wish someone had been around like back in the day to tell me the same thing. Also, because we yeah. all we we've you know we all lived through that late nineties, early two thousands pencil brow kind of situation absolutely yeah i'm still growing in spots Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i have spots that will just (laughs) never grow in again i've decided most of the spots i'm attempting to grow in they -hmm. will never yep actually come back yep hence my uh you know i think for both of us i think for most women as well i'm just going to speak for us all yeah when your brows are off you're in for the night (laughs) 100 that's the way it is because it took too much time (laughs) <laughs> to freehand those 100%. in the morning. Yep. yep. That is my threat to people. If they are indecisive of whether we're going out or not, if I text you, I took off my eyebrows, we're not Nothing's going happening. out. Nothing's happening. Nope. Yep. I'm in for the night. Yep. Same. <laughs> yep. Oh. But so on that note, I'll get into the actual topic for today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so again, just kind of like going into some like blood-related um, subjects here. I'm basically going to start, so the whole thing with blood basically started in like, I don't want to say a weird way, but like a strange way. So a lot of cultures pretty much throughout time, they always sort of believed, I'm touching on it very briefly because I want to get into so much other stuff. Yeah. um, That like ingesting or bathing in the blood of your enemies or like conquered, you know, parties basically like gave you their strength or their power. Like you're kind of like taking like almost like an essence from them. Ooh. Sort of like, you know, how a lot of, um, like, indigenous peoples, you know, they'll, like, thank the animal. Yes. Prior to ingesting it because they're believed, like, it gave itself for you. Yep. And, like, you're in a weird way, like, you're kind of taking on some of the properties of that. Yeah. They kind of believe the same thing with blood. Like, the blood was kind of, like, what made you who you were. Okay. So that if you were bathing in that, like, so a lot of times, you know, you'll hear, like, blood baths, you know, whatever, like. Yeah. Not just about, like, literally, like, massacring people in the battlefield, <laughs> right. but, like, they would actually sometimes bathe in the blood like of their enemies, believing it gave them blood. more strength and power. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. Okay. So I just kind of wanted to, you know, mention that. Um, also, ugh, he's going to show up again a little bit later, <laughs> literally in, like, two more minutes. Um, but Pliny, again, yeah. um, he would also write uh, that, I guess, uh, in his opinion – a good way to cure someone with leprosy would be to bathe in um, the blood of another person because it was basically going to, like, work as a cure-all and, like, give your body nutrients and something that it didn't already have. Like, kind of like your body is failing you, your skin is failing you, your system is failing you, so bathe in someone else's blood, like, not even your own. How they procured the blood, I don't know. Knowing them probably just, like... Oh, you're a servant. I'll have your blood. You yes, know, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. We will slain you. Yes, slain you. Slain. Slay you. Yeah, <laughs> they've been slain. They have yeah. been slain. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of like we're just kind of like the history of like 
And I only really researched that because I wanted to get, before we're discussing putting blood into or taking it out of someone. Yeah. Like to me, like the most basic, you know, you hear a lot of tales. Like I know growing up, I was, I should probably shouldn't be admitting this, but I was very <laughs> interested. I mean, they've had a number of movies out on uh, like Elizabeth Bathory. Yeah. You know, one of the most famous, you know, kind of like, oh, like she, you know, accidentally like pricked, you know, the finger of one of her maids. She felt like, oh, it gave her some color. Well, clearly, because now you have blood on you. <laughs> so you're you'll, stained. You're going to have a rosy look. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, and she just kind of kept it going from there. Yeah. Now we're sort of looking back at it and they're saying, ah, she may not have really killed nearly as many people as they think she did. Oh. Did she even kill anyone at all? Was she just <sighs> disliked? Really? Like, they're going that a, far they're with going it. They're going that far with it as now, like, nothing was ever really proven that she actually did any of it. Oh. Which was my reaction to. <laughs> I should probably be like, you know what? Good. Like, her family is vindicated because she does have living ancestors. Oh, absolutely. You know, so I'm sure, like, they're happy to hear that. But also, I think, like, 14, 15-year-old me was like, what a badass. Right? Like, oh, man. <laughs> um, so I'm a little bummed that she maybe wasn't quite as murderous. But also, oh. there's nothing 100% saying she didn't. So I'm still believing she did. Sure. Also, most of what she did was kind of like... So for those of you who don't necessarily know what we're talking about, <laughs> um, basically virgin blood is always considered like classically, even going back to like everything, you know, just like, oh, virgins, like they have something the rest of us don't have, something yeah. about their purity of essence, you know, that, yeah. that sort of thing. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, somehow like that was like more like rejuvenating they have than anything blood. else. So basically, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So they were like your choice. So she opened like a school that she would call it where basically, and this is when she got caught. Like at first, I think it was just like servant girls in the area. Okay. Uh, and then so many were disappearing okay. that she was like, now I need to get them from somewhere else. <laughs> so she ended up like, how do I always have these people near me? Because as she's aging, she never lived to a ripe old age. She was still like basically what we would consider now fairly young. Okay. Um. But she basically would like, hey, so I know how I can have them like near me all the time because she needed more and more, she thought. Yeah. So she opened a school. She would call it like a finishing school or like a charm school. Okay. For um, very wealthy families. Oh, yes. Send your daughters to me because now she's like, you know what? I've had kind of like the dredges of society now. What if I take it up a notch and I can have them always near me? And not only are they virgins, but also, like, they're from noble blood. Right. So this is, like, now we are, I mean. It's like rich it blood. It gets no better. <laughs> right. Um, And that's basically what ended up, like, getting her caught, supposedly, is, like, now oh. these were people. Uh, listen, everybody's life matters. They absolutely should. Of course. But people have always been people. Yep. The rich families are like, hey, our daughters aren't coming back what happened we kind of want to know what what's up <laughs> yeah and supposedly that's how she was caught but in any case her whole thing was mm. it started with that one fateful prick and she of someone's finger <laughs> let me clarify <laughs> um of someone's finger um and she just basically kind of believed that it had like um like restorative powers to it okay and she felt like it was helping to keep her youthful because you have to remember, everybody, you know, they'd always been doing, like, the milk baths and honey baths and that sort of thing. So this was, like, a fresh new thing for her. And for whatever reason, she believed it gave her more of a glow. Sure. Um, and just kind of kept her more youthful. Yeah. Again, 
maybe she did maybe she didn't we don't really know anymore right um i know what i choose to believe <laughs> i feel about like a, the situation i feel like a lot of people are on your side um, <laughs> but yeah so just because i knew it was probably going to come up you know as long as i was mentioning anything with blood yeah um and discussing like very quickly blood baths that's sure. one of the most you know cited examples probably absolutely but so kind of moving from that into more going into like blood in the body okay so very slowly heading into uh, our vampire facial topic here very slowly (laughs) um so basically i'm just going to go through kind of like a history of bloodletting which kind of Mm -hmm. led to all of this um so it's been around for over three thousand years wow so a very long time i just kind of assumed that like pliny had something to do with the origins of it he didn't he just documented a lot but he does have a thought on why it was good he has a lot of unfortunately <laughs> um was also something that um a lot of other like philosophers and great thinkers of the time also went along with mm. so but i mean interestingly enough it actually started with the egyptians rather than greek and roman Ooh. whether it's true or not i don't know from what i read i only saw two or three sources that mention this Okay. So I'm only mentioning it just because it's out there. I don't know if it's true or not. I'll be honest. I feel like probably not. Okay. <laughs> but from what I was seeing, um, one of the reasons that they're thinking Egyptians um, initially believed that bloodletting was going to be good for you if you were ill is because so um, obviously they, you know, like the Nile, that sort of thing, is that they would sort of like see, um, I don't know if it's hippopotamuses, hippopotami. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I want to say hippopotamus. (laughs) Hippopotamus. But uh, so the hippopotami, (laughs) basically they would see them. um, And obviously, you know, they kind of have like their sweat is a little bit more of like a red base. And they're thinking that they mistook that for blood. And that they were thinking like, oh, it must be the animals like naturally purging themselves. Oh, that's wild. So it's just a thought that maybe that's sort of what it was. And they were like, oh, well, if it works for animals, like maybe it works for us. Sure. It's a leap for me. Um, <laughs> that's a but really I've, big I've jump. I've <laughs> only seen that like two or three sources. Okay. But it's just something that, that's out there. Okay. So I don't know why they actually kind of started doing this, but it's possible. Sure. That that's, that's, you know, one of the things. So Egyptians... <laughs> Um, and then going into the, uh, like, gr- Greek and Roman, in Asia, in the Middle East, and eventually Europe, basically it, like, caught on everywhere in the entire world, this whole bloodletting situation. Just to very quickly mention um, Hippocrates and Pliny, because they both had the same thoughts. So, oh. again, <laughs> women are going to be used as the basis for, like, why this was a thing. Sure. Basically, they were looking at it as, well, clearly bloodletting is good. You know, there's a reason, you know, other cultures have been doing this, other civilizations. Just look at women. What do you mean look at women? (laughs) Are women, like, shedding their blood more than other people? Right. Kind of, naturally. Uh, So they, they looked at women and they basically said, wow. It's like their bodies are just naturally getting rid of blood every month. And aren't they in better moods? Like, don't they just seem healthier and better? 
like when they're going through it, they're so tired and withdrawn and just like they're not having a great time leading up to it. We now know because we're about to have our period. Yes. It's not a fun time. No. (laughs) But to them, it was like, oh, like what's wrong with women? But look, after their bodies shed blood once a month, aren't they in a better mood? Aren't they happier? Don't they have like less physical ailments? Ew. Don't they just seem better? So clearly shedding your blood is a good thing. So basically, yeah, they used um, women having their menstrual cycles as like an example of like, well, it works for them naturally. Let's just do it for everyone. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know us, always in a bad mood, Yeah, always something wrong. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, but if guys bled once a month, it'd mm-hmm. be the end of the world. Yeah, but in their mind, it only happened to us because, like, our bodies needed to purge. We need to purge our yeah. shitty attitudes. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> okay. Pretty much. And that's going to be a theme, not just with women, but people in general, that's going to continue on. Ooh, okay. Yeah, like, that's, that like, a, a real shame. thought. Um, so just kind of like getting into that. Um, so basically, one of the reasons that they thought that like they literally referred to it as like, and especially um, Hippocrates, as like women being in a bad humor. Oh, right. So you're oh. getting rid of it. And so their thought is that there were four humors in the body. That's what they call them. Okay. Basically sort of like essences, but it, they kind of like carry different things throughout your system. So their four humors were yellow or black bile. Okay. Phlegm and blood. Huh. I mean, all things we have in our body. Sure. That everybody right. has Every in their single bodies. person, regardless. <laughs> right. Male, female, you know, in the otherwise. Middle. Yes. Yes. Um, but so, kind of like similar to, you know, how now we look at um, like the uh, Ayurvedic doshas of like uh, okay. Kapha, Pitta, Vada. Yeah. Sort of the same. This was like their version of like the doshas. Okay. So they believed um, that all illness was an imbalance. Mm. It was an imbalance of your humor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, and your, your humor was related to an element, whether it was air, water, fire, or earth. Okay. And that, again, you were just super imbalanced. So something was wrong with you. <laughs> okay. Um, and the humors would also um, relate to specific organs in your body, like the spleen, the heart the brain and they believe that when you had an imbalance it would also imbalance basically your personality would not be what it should be either which Ooh. is why again we kind of come into that whole you know when someone's like oh they seem to be like in good humor today yes kind of came from this good humor bad humor oh get out because whatever was going on internally with you was through outward. one of those four things is affecting your personality and affecting the function of your body so you're in balance, you're in that good is humor. That's so interesting. Yes. So another reason that, you know, like, oh, they're in, like in a bad mood, they're in a bad humor, they're imbalanced. Something's wrong with their blood. Like we're going to we're going <laughs> to get into get that. Let's get rid of some of it. <laughs> yeah. Again, a huge leap. Um, but yes. Um, so one of the most prominent doctors um, who kind of like was really pushing and advocating for a lot of bloodletting was a guy named um, Gallon of Pergamum. Mm. He decided that somehow blood is the most dominant of all humors. Okay. Uh, And he was super, 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 super charismatic. So he really, like, I don't even know what he wrote. He wrote, like, over, like, 10,000 
like things about basically just like how great bloodletting is. Wow. And now because prior to this, they were basically using diuretics. Okay. They were purging. Like getting rid of any way they could get rid of all of these bad things in your body, they were. And at some point, I don't know why, he kind of jumped to the conclusion that, you know what, like people are, you know, forcing themselves to be sick. People are taking diuretics. People are taking laxatives, you know, like old school versions of them. But like blood is something that flows through your entire body. It's not just in one area of your system. It's the most dominant. So it makes the most sense that that's what we should be purging you of. Mm. So he and he got all of these other sort of like big like doctors and thinkers of the day into the same sort of thoughts. So it's basically I don't want to say it's his fault, but it's kind of but his it's fault. kind of his fault. He was like a major <laughs> player in this. Yeah. Um. And he was around from like 129 to 200 AD. So we're like way back. Wow. Back in the day. Um. But so this is like when we're seeing like actual doctors like discussing these things. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> nope, you're good. So, um, but in any case, so that's kind of like where it was. And at that point, they weren't necessarily using anything super sophisticated. Okay. I mean, they really couldn't. Sure. They were limited. They would just pretty much take sharpened objects. Okay. Like literally at this point, they were using sharpened pieces of wood or sticks. Oh, so no. Just, no real. Cleansing. I mean, no. Antibacterial. Not really. No. Just the dirtiest item. Kind of like whatever you could have there that was sharp. And they would go in just usually through the arm. Okay. And they would just cut you open. And that was it. Um, (laughs) Okay. So for a long time, that's kind of what what they were doing. Um, Eventually, they did get into, interestingly enough, there were two main main forms. Okay. that, That they would do this through. One was actually not to be confused (laughs) <laughs> Every single thing I looked at was like not to be confused with because it's much more extreme. Okay. What they back in the day, it is not the same thing as a massage therapy therapist doing cupping. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank not at all. You. Not at all. Many things have been confused for things that <laughs> massage therapists would do. Yes, they have. Uh, this is <laughs> one of those things. Okay. You would not be doing this. Mm-mm. But they basically it was like an old school version of what they would call cupping. Only okay. really because it was gathered in a cup. Sure. But so what they would do, they would cause small abrasions to the skin, usually around the, like, inner elbow area. You know, kind of like, uh, you know, where they, uh, like, take blood now. Yeah. You know, if, if you need a sample for something. Um, they would cause small abrasions to the skin with small little sharpened blades. Mm-hmm. Just any type. They had different sizes for different situations, depending on how many cuts they needed to make. It sounds terrible. They would literally just scrape your skin Ooh. with it. Like, I just just cut me. Yeah. You know, at that point, really. <laughs> um, and then they would, with small sharpened blades, then they would attach cups for suction to raise up the area, release and catch the blood. Okay. And that's what they did. That was their version of cupping. So again, nothing really having to do with modern massage therapy because we don't cut people open when we do it. Like you're trying to bring everything up to the surface. We cannot. But you're not cutting them open. Cut people open. Right. No. Um, But that's basically what they were doing back then. So the actual term for that, because I do know it, Mm -hmm. that is called wet cupping for obvious reasons. See, that's good to know because they don't discuss that in anything I've seen. They just called it cupping. Yeah, very different. There's wet and dry. Absolutely. I do dry cupping, which is literally just putting mm-hmm. a suction cup on you, basically. 
the idea of it, which isn't far off from what you're saying, um, like a lot of... Because I've seen cupping cupping. Yes. And it's really cool, but you are not... There's no blood anyone. Involved. Yeah. 100%. A lot of Asian cultures mm-hmm. still use wet cupping, and it's basically a, a bloodletting technique. Yep. Of it brings up the coagulated blood that mm-hmm. is considered the bad blood. Yep. And I watched videos on it because I did go get certified to do like regular right. cupping. The blood that comes up, first of all, it's because the way that it's being drawn up that it separates it and makes it coagulated, um, not bad blood. But they would literally have to take a handful of paper towels Mm -hmm. and they have to take that cup off and scoop up the blood that is coming out of these people. I don't think it's good. It doesn't sound it. Um, Most of the techniques they've (laughs) used, I mean, I don't know if they do it the same way or not, but most of the time, like the only time they stopped is once the person started to pass out. Yes. Like you just keep it going. Yep. Let it flow. No, I think with the with like the modern day, not yes. modern day cupping, yes. it is one spot you scoop it up and then you like basically put a band-aid on it. Yeah. Make it stop bleeding. Yes. We're not trying to get people to overly bleed. No, no, no. But it is still believed in a yep. lot of cultures that get out the bad blood and you yep. will feel better. But yes, wet cupping is more Good. what they're discussing. Okay. So yeah. So wet cupping. <laughs> um and then uh if they weren't using that they would use other things like spring-loaded lancets. Oh. Why spring-loaded? I don't know. Pretty sure just, you I mean, just... they really just needed to get in there. Um, I guess just get as much out, get as deep as you can to get everything out. I was going to say, like, cause more like damage. really purge, yeah. Yeah. Um, they also use something, I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. It's okay. It's this crazy-looking wooden machine. Look it up. Called us, I don't know if it's a scarificator ooh, that's literally what it's called and some of this process was actually called um scarification but not to be confused with like body modification scarification yeah but yes the machine was called a scarificator oh and it was like an advanced machine it looks crazy so just look it up okay Um, they would actually hook people up to that machine and it would kind of like just go in dig in cut into that like it it was wild what? but so just yeah um so that was an actual machine uh, and then other times they would literally just cut in and just they would just let you bleed out just do it the old-fashioned so way. cupping was a thing <laughs> just plain old cutting was a thing yeah spring-loaded lancets were a thing <laughs> that confuses me machinery could be used sometimes um or just an old piece of wood yeah <laughs> Again, whatever you wanted, Whatever's whatever was by. just on hand, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then the other main form, and this one is actually—I'm going to get into it for a second. It's actually coming back. Ooh, leeches. Ah, yes. Leeching. Leeching was a big thing. Um, pretty much popular up into the 1800s. After that, it kind of lost, you know, a little some bit of, of shine. Yeah. Um, it's coming back though. But so leeching was another thing. There was a very particular, I do not have the name of it. Okay. Um, but so I was remiss in that. But there was a very specific type of leech that they use. Ooh. It was literally considered a medicinal leech. Uh, pretty much because it can hold 10 times its own body weight and blood. Ah. So it can get as much as possible in there. And I think it was also easier to detach 
than some as well. Okay, that makes sense. Because they don't always, evidently they, supposedly like they detach fairly easily, but sometimes like little pieces could get stuck. Okay. And that's not a great situation to be in. Just because like their <laughs> teeth do, not their teeth, but like they suction in so hard. Yeah. That sometimes evidently like the heads don't always oh. come off the way you'd like it, Pooh. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so there's a very specific type that they use. Okay. Don't just go grabbing leeches oh, randomly. <laughs> as much as you want to, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically 10 times its own weight was taken in and stored. Uh, there was a guy 1700s through 1800s named uh, Dr. Francois Brousset. I'm going to say Ooh. was his name. Okay. He was French, obviously. Sure. <laughs> so again, like we see a lot of like recurring, you know, themes here sometimes. Yep. Um, he believed that all illnesses, like all, like regardless of what Anything. it was, all illnesses and fevers were due to um, inflammation of your organs. Okay. And the only thing <laughs> that could take that down was leeches. Hmm. So whatever was going on with you, like whatever they kind of thought like that humor might be like related to, yeah. they would apply leeches directly over those organs. Like on your skin, obviously, they're not like implanting them. Of course. But wherever that organ would sort of correspond to on your body, that's where they would place leeches. I don't think they knew how organs work then. Either I that they're it. just thinking it's coming out through, you know, whatever. Like, Yeah. But so that that's <laughs> a big thing there. Um, So he kind of made it... um really popular like in europe at that time so again it kind of like went from like egypt greeks romans middle east asian cultures and eventually was making its way over into europe but it became super 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 popular um around this time period okay um i also just had and again they would just kind of go until the person passed out eventually once you passed out it was like up oh, you were now depleted like they literally said that it was like depleting you they considered it a depletion treatment. So they knew what they were doing, but it was depleting you of all of these negative things in your system. They weren't looking at it like it's depleting you and depriving you of, like... Life. Right. <laughs> right. And and people would die. Like, people actually would die sometimes during this because they were yeah. so extreme. And there were times they would take, like, 24 ounces out of someone in less than 24 hours oh my gosh like they were just going to town sometimes like oh like all night for two to three hours like you weren't just bled for a couple minutes like they were going and going and going and going and going until they thought they had gotten everything out of you and sometimes people would have multiple rounds they'd be you know blood for several days to me it's like it's torture 100 (laughs) percent Yes. Um, but what they would also do sometimes, you know, if they were like, oh, like, you know, we're, like, we're really going to have to go to town with this, you know, or, oh, like, you know, they're not, they started coming up with the idea of some transplantation, but it wouldn't be another person because, you know, you can transfer, like, the bad humor to someone else. Right. So, like, we don't really know, like, how great you are. You could just be pretending, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> they would literally, like, use sheep's blood. I don't want sheep's blood in me. One sheep's blood does not belong in a human because no. it's. Sheep's but they would blood. do that sort of thing. They would do like transplants with animal blood, because their thinking again was like animals are lesser, so they probably don't have quite as sophisticated systems as us, and so the person is now getting to a point where they need some sort of blood transfused back into them. So let's just use an animal. Let's use something dirty from the barnyard. Yes. Um, well, and that's what I was going to 
ask, like, obviously not expecting an answer, but how many people got animal blood transferred to them and then it turned out that their humors were off again and they had to be let I all, wouldn't all be over surprised again. if it was very commonplace. Yeah. I don't see it going well. No, me neither. 10 out of 10, probably mm, not good. No. 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 But yes. Man, people. People, people had some weird logic. They did. They did. <laughs> um, but different people on um, that had it, um, both who died, they didn't necessarily die from it. Um, but Charles II was blood. He had a number of like seizure episodes and like a lot of illnesses, that sort of thing. Oh, get um, out. He had to be bled. He did die. Okay. Uh, George Washington. He did not die as necessarily a direct result of the bloodletting process but he was very ill uh, and they tried a number of things with him uh one of which again most extreme being the bloodletting it did get to a point where he just basically was like unconscious like just the whole rest of the time um and he did die as well i don't know how many people bloodletting has saved (laughs) but it doesn't sound like it's saved a lot it, it couldn't um, have. But a case of someone like, you know, obviously, like, I think a lot of everyday people probably live, they probably just had, like, little things. Yeah. But just kind of like case in point, if somebody's super, super sick, doing this probably isn't going to help them. Yeah. They might not die from this, you know, in and of itself. Right. But it's not making your situation better. Absolutely. Uh, and Marie Antoinette was actually um, bled as well when she was giving birth to one of her children. She... In tandem with giving birth? Yeah. As if you're not going to lose enough blood to begin with while birthing out a babe. Yeah, but supposedly it really helped her. Did it, though? Like, she was fine. <laughs> supposedly. I don't I don't know. But, yeah. So just, you know, it's not like it was just, like, the everyday person yes. was participating in this. It was, you know, some very, you know, well-known people. Absolutely. Um, but so kind of fast forward... Uh, during the time of, and I thought this was interesting because he was kind of local-ish. Uh, there was a doctor in Philadelphia named Benjamin Rush. Okay. Um, he had a big history. He did a lot in terms of like treating uh, yellow fever. Oh, okay. You would think he's, you know, like, wow, like he really knows what he's doing. He actually was asked to, I think there was some college that actually did let him like join. But basically he was asked to even like step down, I think, or like denied like entrance to I think like the College of Physicians, like that sort of thing, just oh. because his methods were considered so kind of like quacky. Um, but he believed literally bloodletting was the answer to pretty much everything. Okay. So he like went way back to that old school thought that like anything that's happening with you anywhere in your body at all is just directly related to what's happening in your blood and just let it out. Wow. Um, One of the most issues, basically, like, a lot of people did die under his care because he basically did, like, bleed them dry. Sure. Um, And so one of, like, the sad things I think about it is it wasn't just for, like, physical ailments at this point. Like, he did a lot of good in terms of, like, yellow fever. Yeah, yeah. um, But he also dealt a lot with people with mental illnesses. This is not the sort of man you want, especially knowing, like, good humor, bad humor kind of thoughts. Yeah. Also, I'm just going to address it. Yes, there's a siren <laughs> uh, behind us. Sorry, guys. Um, so, basically, so he believed um, in purging. Like, purging was, like, the biggest thing for him. You're always going to be sick if you just don't get it all out of your system. 
Um, so he believed that slowing the pulse, and this is, again, why people didn't do very well in his care. Sure. He believed that, like, you needed to at least do it, like, to get to a point where the pulse was very slow. Because he believed um, that over-anxious minds and bodies, like, it was all related to, like, your blood vessel and, like, your mind. Everything is just because everything's moving too quickly. <laughs> okay. So you had to slow the pulse down. Pump to almost like a stop so that your mind wouldn't be overstimulated and your blood vessels and um you know the uh like blood pathways throughout your body weren't overworked and overused so you like basically just needed to i mean it's why people died (laughs) obviously um but yeah so that that was his thought like the faster your blood was pulsing through your body the more anxious you would be, the more upset you would be. That was a big cause of mental illness in his mind because your blood was flowing too quickly. Wow. And physical illnesses would occur because your blood, basically, you know, like your your veins, you know, your blood vessels, uh, they weren't able to handle the speed at which your blood was flowing. Ooh. So you just really needed to like almost stop it you know just take it way way down it's almost like you had to stop your heart from working for you to feel nothing (laughs) yeah yep do you have a like date of when he was practicing i don't i can look it up it's not super important i'm just curious honestly it wasn't that long ago is like the really weird thing okay so you understand why I'm under, I'm last asking underlying reason, right? Yes. Of just like what was his understanding of how the body actually works? Because I feel like, I mean, like with what we know now, obviously he was wrong. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. not how the body works. He's considered like a founding, He's he was one of our country's founding fathers. He was considered founding father of psychiatry. Like, ooh, he was like a real thing. Um, He was born 1746 just got real loud um and he died in 1813 wow so in the grand scheme of things it wasn't that long ago not that long ago not that long ago um he also got in a lot of trouble because he would give patients um what they would call purgatives which you know it's supposed to kind of like a nomadic like it's supposed to like make make you get sick okay uh that contain mercury like super high doses that like literally it was one other doctor i forget their name literally wrote a paper about it and basically said that like it amounted to murder wow like what he was giving his (laughs) patients and what he was doing to them just amounted to just flat out murder that there was like no merit to what he was doing a lot of what he was doing like had very like the, the outcomes and results were kind of like questionable at best absolutely like this maybe it helped but mostly not a lot more experimentation <laughs> yes than and that's what a lot treatment. of people did for a lot of years they just kind of experimented um, <laughs> by removing but yes. blood from people um just very quickly i just want to step back for one second there is another reason that they would do some of this bloodletting as well okay in the renaissance Again, people like to be very pale <laughs> in Renaissance and also um, the early part of the uh, Victorian era. Yeah. People would use leeches um, to look more pale. Mm. They, they, they would bleed themselves so that they didn't have as much blood and they had that, you know, really sweet ethereal glow. 
that everybody loved so much. We have such different understandings of paleness Mm -hmm. and deathly. Yes. You and I are pale people. (laughs) Very pale people. We are very pale people. There's no question. Yeah. However... We do not look like we have let any blood remove from no, our bodies. No, we don't look like have. we're about to die. <laughs> yes. And that is so mm-hmm. confusing to me that that's what people mm-hmm. wanted to look like. And then they'd go ahead and smack their face. So they had to add a blood. little bit of color back. Yeah. Yeah. That is so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Logic. Yep. I thought it was funny, though. <laughs> I was watching a show the other day, and it, it's kind of like a joke show. But, um,. It's it it's a comedy, but it's kind of like about like this time period. Okay, you know, like the Renaissance, <laughs> and one of the women at court makes some sort of like comment, and I was like, oh, like what interesting timing about one of her servants did something. Okay, she was like, yes. Yeah, so I something about like she had just heard of like blush, but like she didn't know how to do it. And, like one of her servants, like, and this kind of I think like is a throwback again, maybe to like an Elizabeth Bathory thing. Yeah. And she was like, so I just pricked her finger. <laughs> and I just put, you know, just a little bit of her blood on my cheek, just a little bit. And it gives me the perfect rosy shade. <laughs> and like, it was a joke, but like, I, I was kind it. of like, mm, you know what, though? People, people did it. There is usually to yourself, always but they would do it. a little bit of truth. Yes. To comedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but so just kind of wanted to backtrack to that for a second. Yeah. Um, another reason I want to backtrack to that is because I also kind of want to tie this in with our industry as well. Like we know there were barber doctors. Yes. Um, hairstylists, <laughs> even not just barbers, but just hairstylists in general were also considered people who could do a lot of this stuff. Sure. Um, so to me, it was interesting because the barber pole itself. Yes. Um, so the red in the pole. Uh-huh. And this is because, again, like kind of like in, in Europe is sort of like where the pole originated. It was so you knew where you could go and get procedures. They would do these procedures. Your barbers and your hairdressers would also bleed you. Really? They were also your dentist a lot of the time as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so jack taking of a trades. lot of things out of you. Um, but so the red <laughs> on the pole is supposed to symbolize blue and the white is bandages. Do you mean blood? Yes. It's okay. I'm pretty sure everybody knew what the you The red, meant. <laughs> yes. The red, yeah, because I was thinking um, in the U.S. we added blue because, like, our colors are, like, the red, white, and blue. So we had to be, like, a little yeah. bit different. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the red was supposed to be blood and the white was bandages. And that's how Get you out. would know which barbers or hairdressers were also doctors. Oh, oh, no. And that was, like, a signifier. <laughs> okay. Just to add a little clarification to people, mm-hmm. um, like I know being in the industry, a lot of people yeah. look down on positions like ours mm-hmm. as being like mm-hmm. hokey, et cetera. Right. right. Um, cosmetologists and hairstylists are only required to do 1,200 hours of training to become. Yeah, in the state of Pennsylvania, it's 1,250. Same for yes. barbers. So it's funny to me. That. Some states are like five thousand. Some oh, states yeah. are ten thousand. I think it's great. We're um, lower on in the Europe. Scale. They require so much more. You can go to school for like two years. Yes. Um. But yeah. So yeah. So when you're thinking about it, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it's weird to lump those two professions Doctors together. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. No. I. You were trusted. You were trusted. Know, I don't know when that would go along with bloodletting me the next time I have my hair. Appointment. I mean, I hope you don't ask her to. <laughs> 
but I mean, if my it's an option, you could offer it as like a package. I'm in like bad humor, so. Right. It might help. It might help. <laughs> it might. You never know. <laughs> I could. But yeah, that's actually what, what they thought. Wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. But um, so, and then just kind of like going into today, they call it phlebotomy therapy. Ooh. So same thing, just fresh name. Yes, yes. Uh, it's still used in severe cases um, for several different, it's not like commonly used, but there are a few different blood disorders that yeah. they do use it for. Um, they are using leeches again, especially after skin grafts mm-hmm. and limb or digit transplants because they um, have um, anticoagulants and protonase inhibitors that they actually secrete. Yes. So when they're taking that in, they're kind of like secreting that into you as well. Yep. So it, it kind of helps that whole healing process. They found that it helps with like tissue um, necrosis and kind of like helps to not reject those things right away also. Yeah. Um, but uh, rightfully so, some people are st- – and they use like the special uh, medicinal leeches for that as well. Okay. But some people have, you know, said like, oh, but, you know, they're still creatures – isn't there, you know, potential for infection after that sort of thing? So I forget what university is, but a university hospital somewhere in like the the Midwest, I think, actually developed mechanical leeches, like mechanical versions of a leech. It kind of works the same way they do, um, but without having to worry about having like another like living being there. Oh, that's so cool. So I think that's really interesting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We're learning something. Yes. <laughs> um, so all of that basically just kind of going through like different beliefs about blood and like the way like blood has been used or let out. Now we're doing the opposite with our vampire facials. Yes. <laughs> kind of combining the two in a way. Basically what it is, so people call it the vampire facial. It became a famous, you know, a couple of years ago mm-hmm. because Kim Kardashian did it. Yep. It's not that it was like a fresh new thing. It's just kind of like it was the first time people were like really seen in like mainstream uh, you know, outlets. Yeah. Someone famous. Yes. Putting a face to. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so the vampire facial, basically, it's actually something called PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma therapy. Oh, okay. That's like the real name for it. So like the trendy name is vampire facial. And I literally just read something like this past Halloween about like, oh, like it was like really happy. Like every year around Halloween, people really get into it. And I had had, like, clients asking me about it and that sort of thing. Like, really? Which is fine. Like, I get it. People are interested. But I are feel th- like it's just one of those things, you know, kind of like, oh, I've heard about it. And it's, like, trendy. You know, like that yeah. kind of thing. Yep. Um, so, obviously, with the bloodletting, we now know it isn't great. Like, we're not going to do it for any reason, really. You know, if sure. if you don't need to do it, you're not going to do it. Yes. Um, with the PRP, there actually are some benefits to it. Okay. However, it's kind of disputed as to how great the benefits really are. Okay. So basically what happens with this, um, they do use your own blood. They've tried in the past to not use your own blood, and your body doesn't like it. Yeah, imagine that. It's not a huge fan of having a stranger's blood injected into it. It's almost like there's certain blood types that certain people right? can and can't have. Right? What? Um, but so it's your own blood because they had too many issues and complications. 
Um, they're saying that it's a little bit safer than oh, we're going to get into it in a second, <laughs> but they're saying that like it's safer um, and better. Like instead of having something synthetic injected into you, it's coming from your body, so you're not going to necessarily like reject it the way you might a traditional filler, which I get. Sure, but the way it's being paired up with other things now too, to me, kind of like negates that whole thought process. Yeah. Um, so basically, most people are using this in like in lieu of using an injectable or a filler because it's going to give like plumping. Um, so basically, he, here's what it does. They draw blood usually from your arm. Okay. Um, they put it in a centrifuge to separate it into plasma. So and I know I shouldn't get on this <laughs> and I'm going to get us off topic for a minute. I know too many people who are like, oh, I donate my blood. And they sell, you know, one of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I worked with a girl who always, like, said the same thing. And now I do again as well. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like, I donate. No, like, you're not donating your blood. You're selling your plasma. And it's totally different because it's a completely separate thing. Yes. But sort of imagine it as what would happen if you were in that sort of situation. Sure. They draw it. Um, they put it in a centrifuge. They separate it into plasma, platelets, and blood cells. Mm-hmm. So the top layer is going to be your plasma. Then platelets, blood cells, and your red blood cells are going to be in the bottom layer. They use the platelets. Um, that's what's separated and what they use. So okay. not everything goes back into you, just the platelets. Um, they, and then they infuse it back into the skin, which is why, you know, the procedure, platelet-rich plasma. Sure. Um, they, they, supposedly, <laughs> a lot of things were just happening in my mind and my mouth, obviously. I wish you guys um, could have seen the, her face, too. Yeah. I was very confused with what I was doing. <laughs> Um, but so uh, it helps with wound healing, elasticity, and texture. It stimulates a cell turnover um, and collagen and elastin production. It's kind of like what we call a controlled injury. So okay. if you think about, you know, someone's getting maybe like some laser work done, they're getting microderm done, they're getting a peel. Yes. You're creating that controlled injury situation that kind of causes the body to kick into overdrive and yeah. start, you know, production of those things that maybe have been like a little bit dormant or that it's not producing quite as quickly as it should be anymore. Okay. That makes um, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you can either reintroduce it via direct injections. Okay. So again, just li- direct, like taking it To where you want it. And just having it, yes. So you want to be a little like, you know, plumper in the, uh, your uh, nasolabial fold. Okay. <laughs> you know, you can go ahead and do that, you know, in between your eyes. Basically, anywhere that you would do either um, an injectable to plump or that you might use some sort of even Botox, you okay. can inject. Huh. So people use it for that. Um, here's the part that kind of ruins the whole, well, you know, you're, you know, going along with, you know, what, what's naturally in your body. So you can either do it just directly in those areas or you can combine it with microneedling. Okay. You could use lasers. You could use microderm. Again, if you're use, if you're doing those things enough, you're going to you be shouldn't. seeing benefits. Yeah. Um, you can use that to prep the skin and then layer all of this back over you. So just to kind of like prep the skin for it, I personally wouldn't like that. And microneedling to me, that's usually like a delivery system. Yeah. So... Um, but they're also saying that sometimes it's combined with hyaluronic acid, so HAs, or Botox-type neurotoxins or serums to enhance the effect. That completely negates the point to me. If you're yeah. now putting Botox in 
it's the Botox along with this. It's the Botox that's working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you're putting other serums into your skin, yeah, you know, you're going to get better effect, but you're still infusing your skin now with something that's from outside. Yeah. It's no longer so a natural me, Exactly. Treatment. So to me, like, that kind of negates the whole point. Absolutely. Um, that being said, you know, very popular at this point. Uh, can be performed on more body parts than just the face. People use it um, to enhance their breasts. Really? Which I think I God only knows how much you have to do that. Well, just get yeah. the implant at that yeah. point, really. Um, <laughs> to lift your um, buttocks, like that sort of thing. It's also being used, and this kind of goes in with that whole eyebrow transplant thing. It's now being used to help boost hair growth. Really? Now, this is another thing where when it's like on your face, you're kind of seeing the results. You do need to keep going back time and time again. It can usually start at anywhere like $1,000 to $5,000 like per time. Yeah. And usually, you know, it's going to be a series. So maybe get like a package deal. doing it. (laughs) Um, But uh, they are saying, so you're seeing some results with that. The jury's out a little bit. Some people are huge proponents of it for hair growth. Other people are kind of saying there's not a whole lot of point for it for hair growth because they don't like they're seeing some results, but they don't like they can't specifically say it's just because of this. Right, right. Um, but basically, they inject it directly into your scalp and into your follicles. Um, it's supposed to help increase the blood supply. Okay, which makes sense because you're literally forcing. Blood forcing into it to swell it. with blood yeah um and causing swelling of the hair shaft to allow for new growth so if like a hair shaft was maybe partially blocked it's allowing that to kind of open up a little bit more to allow for the new growth again okay. jury's kind of out it's something that they've been experimenting more in which i'm still using the word experiment yep <laughs> um i like that you you know used that earlier <laughs> that they're kind of experimenting with more and more and more okay they're seeing it rise in popularity for that but again, there are any number of like hair growth treatments and like we don't really know. Yeah. Um, that being said, it's been used for several decades. Like to me, it's interesting that we're just now hearing about it um, for sports injuries. Yes. And ligament and tendon issues. Mm-hmm. So it's been being used like this whole time. Yeah. It's just crazy that like now that it's instead of like for actual health, physical well-being reasons, as soon as people find out it has some sort of like cosmetic effect to it they're all about it now that's when everyone cares yes um so it has been around for a really long time as i'm sure you know um as as an mt um they're saying that the most things so for the face i was really just seeing oh only swelling and bruising because it's you know from you it's natural well all the other things you're doing are not necessarily natural if you're pairing it up with this other stuff you can have issues with it yeah. Um, but they are saying that you could do some lasting damage to your blood vessels or nerves and you can cause scarring. Not everyone's going to react to it. You know, right, not right. everyone's face is going to like having needles in it. Sure. Um, and there are a lot of contraindications for the service. Ooh. Like a lot of contraindications. Ooh. Um, just kind, list? kind of like, <laughs> I don't have a list at the ready. Uh, okay. I will say look it up because there are a number of them. Like any yeah. sort of autoimmune disease that you might have or an issue going on, mm. they're using it for like hair, hair transplantation now for a lot of times people um, who have had cancer. However, yeah. if you actively have cancer or are undergoing chemo, you shouldn't be be getting this done. See, and it's funny that you said it. Um, pregnant people should not be doing it. Um, there are a lot, um, if you have certain liver conditions, if you have certain lung disease, if you have uh, kidney issues. Like, they're... So who can get it? 
I guess everyone that they say, oh, no, you know, really, there aren't like any issues, but it can cause any number of issues like in your body. Yeah. Obviously, someone who's been on a lot of um, like tretinoin, retin-A, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, they shouldn't be using it. I would assume um, uh, blood thinners. Yep. Absolutely, one hundred percent not. Not be getting yep. it done. Yep. Uh, any, nobody anything, should be anything your that's blood. you know with a blood thinner, anything that's going to thin you know anyone who uh, is on a medication that kind of thins their skin out. Yes. Nope. I feel there like- are, and yet it's just it's so interesting to me because I had to dig to even find that there are contraindications, but like the list, literally, I didn't even get the list because it was so long. Yeah. And yep. I was like, well, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to go through and name all of these things. Right. Um, you know, so it's like, no, no, no one's contraindicated. Everyone can everyone can do this. But no, other than swelling and bruising, there aren't going to be any issues. Yeah, you can do permanent lasting damage. Yeah. And there are a lot of contraindications. Yes. So, yeah. That is wild mm-hmm. that they don't. That they're mm-hmm. not as forthcoming about it. I had it. to, like, dig for it. That's kind of scary. It is because it kind of – and I think they look at it like, mm, we don't need to worry about it as much because it's not – I mean, just even think about how people think about – like, back in the day, like, you get a chemical, but, like, it's a chemical peel. You are literally taking off layers yep. of the skin of the face, and people are now, like, coming in treatment rooms, and they're saying, no, I want the Jessner peel. Well, that's one of the most intense peels you can do on someone. Okay. Especially, like, depending on what percentage you're using. Yeah. You've never had a peel. I'm not doing that on you. I'm going to start you light with, like, an enzyme and then work up into something, like, heavier. Right. People are looking at that, like, and then they're looking at getting, you know, their fillers and their Botox. Oh, well, that's not, like, a real procedure. And even more so with this because people are like, well, I don't have to get it even with those things. So it's really like I'm not having work done at all. And it's, you know, natural, like it's my, you know, from my own body. Like yeah. people aren't, I think, taking the things quite as seriously as like we used to when we're looking at procedures. Absolutely. It's still serious. You can still have some pretty major issues arise from this. Right. Um, I mean, and who also is to say, like, I know they did have an issue. Um, I forgot what state it was. A woman actual, multiple people actually ended up, I think it was in one of the states and somewhere in Mexico as well. Um I think, you know, people were getting, like, discount sort of services. Like, Ooh. it wasn't maybe, like, the most reputable clinics. Back alley services. People actually ended up um, getting HIV. <gasps> because, you know, again, it goes into the centrifuge. And they have the lines. And, like, who's working? Are they making sure that it's actually what was in your body that's going back to you? Right. Are they making sure that everything is actually – because the point of the centrifuge is to separate and clean. Mm-hmm. Well, if your other articles aren't clean, and if that centrifuge isn't clean, yeah, it's just and the mix tubes, in. and it's going to so like it's mixing, and that's what ended up happening. A lot of people ended up getting super, wow. super sick. So in my mind, that should also be something you tell people. Hey, you might, you know, it shouldn't happen to you, but it could. Yeah, at least address it. Right. So I mean, I don't know. I think it's tricky, even though you know they're saying it's safer and it's more natural. I think it's tricky anytime you're having something taken out of your body and then sent back in. Mm-hmm. In um, a different form. If it's left my body, I don't need it to come back. Yes. Yep. It's fine. So I don't know if you looked any of it up, um, but are there any, like, are there regulations? 
to just your usual regulations i mean uh like medical facilities med spas are doing it too really Mm -hmm. oh that's wild Mm -hmm. i'm gonna have to go on a couple of our and med spas are doing uh micro needling as well which again is basically Mm -hmm. you know using that and injecting it with um a serum to me i think it's crazy because it's like estheticians like depending on what state you're in aren't supposed to be doing some of those services yeah because you're literally breaking the skin you could introduce any number of pathogens into yeah that person's body um and yet people literally and it's a little bit different because it doesn't go quite as deeply Mm -hmm. as what we would be using like in, in a treatment room but literally, you can go on Amazon, and you can buy um, rollers. You can buy dermal yep. rollers that will break your skin and infuse serum. Yeah. I've had so many people come to me, and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, these are the best. And I'm like, please don't. Yeah, Please don't roll basically tiny little needles <laughs> over your skin. Yes. And you don't know where that product is from. You don't know yep. where that serum's from. Absolutely. I think that but, is yeah. one of the most frustrating parts about the industry mm-hmm. that and dermaplaning people are getting little blades at home and i'm like yep. no here's the thing we use like surgical level like a blades blade a razor um, yes yeah and they're getting like basically they're getting like razor razors ours what we use in the treatment room is basically like um it's very similar to a scalpel yeah Please don't do that at home either. So many people, it's like, it's yep. just, it's so tricky. But that's where we're at, I think, now that like we see these things and we're like, oh, like it's not a big deal. I mean, if something goes wrong, it is going to be a big deal. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the other thing too is it's so readily available to people and they will yes. say, oh my gosh, it's X hundred dollars to get a microblading. I can do mm-hmm. that myself. And it's like, there's a reason. That a professional right. charges the prices that they do. If right. you don't want it, we're that's doing cool. a microderm. We're doing a peel. We're doing, you know, a dermal plan. Yeah, but we're trained. we charge what we are for a reason. Yes, you're getting a hell of a service. Go ahead, from us. you know, and do your kitchen sink, you know, situation. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't really know how tight the regulations are. It's just kind of like the same as a lot of the others. Um, where, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, generally under, like, medical direction. Yeah. However, med spas are doing it. So. I, mean, I want to look into. It's like there is some of that. Some regulation, but it's probably not what it should be. Oh, absolutely. It never is. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of microplaning. Like dermoplaning? Or dermoplaning. Yes, yes. I combined two services. The microblading and <laughs> yeah. the dermoplaning. Yeah. Um, is that the same as a flat, like, razor? Like, is that what they use it for microplane? Dermoplaning? For dermoplaning? I'm sorry, I'm going to No, it no, it's fine. Um, yeah, I was going to say the microblading is uh, like the permanent makeup. And the dermoplaning yes. is where they're going through. And people are like, oh, well, it's just like shaving. It's not. No. Because I get like, that's what you're going to get when you do it at home. Yes. Um, but what you actually get in the treatment room, yes, it is very similar um, to kind of like a straight razor sort of situation. Yeah. But ours is even sharper. It's it's literally medical grade, like basically a scalpel. Okay. Um, that's That's what we're using, which again is why like it's so important that people be trained on it. Yep. Because what you're doing with it is you're you're taking off not just the hair, but you're literally removing the top layer of dead skin cells. Oh, get out. That's why you're so smooth afterward. Some people do have irritation. 
that's how close it is that you're wow. literally removing all of that. Like even like if you can't see it, yeah, we're getting it off. And you're going to feel the difference and you're going to see the difference once it's done. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then in terms of that service, I'm getting us a little mm-hmm. off topic here. Is it strictly an exfoliating, like a manual exfoliation? Or does getting that so close promote like that blood flow getting into the skin and plumping and it all does. that stuff? Okay. It does. So it is still on the topic mm-hmm. of your your yes. bloody topic. Yep. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what to Yeah, absolutely. It. I mean, and if you, you know, you have to hold it at a certain angle as well. Um, I mean, if you don't, you very easily, you can, you'll end up doing an accidental bloodletting on that client. But they're, uh, they might be in a, in even a worse, you know, humor than they were when they came in. Uh, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So that is basically my topic. Okay. That was super interesting. I hope. It it was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. These are the types of topics that just make me realize how underregulated mm-hmm. our jobs are, yep. for sure. Back to the cupping that you were discussing. We we yes. legally are not allowed to do that. A massage therapist, as much as I like to, I shouldn't say this yes. on a platform, but as much as I like to pop me a block, blackhead on someone's back, Ooh, yeah. I'm legally not allowed to say that. Mm-hmm. I cannot do that because it is technically breaking the skin. Yep. Sort of. So the fact that people think that, like, that is a service that we can provide is hilarious to me. Well, I honestly, I'm not surprised because I have so many people coming to me and they're like, oh, well, you know, over at this place or over at that place they do it. Or over at the other place they they do it. Places always do it. Mm -hmm. And it's also like. Doesn't mean it's legal. I feel like literally every single place, and again, I should not be saying this. (laughs) I feel like every (laughs) single place has someone Yep. Who 100% believes they should be doing the services and they are doing the services. Yep. And it makes it bad for the rest of us because that client, like, God forbid, they have like that one bad time with someone. Yep. And that's why like they even, I think, have started to regulate some of our industry, even just a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because, but unfortunately, like, it's not those of us who were like ethical. Yes. And it's usually just like somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing, that they're doing it. And then they're like, oh, well, now no one can do it. Yes. Well, I don't think that's cool either. Yep, 100%. I think you should, you know, get the training. Um, but again, yeah, it's like there are certain things in our scope of practice mm-hmm. as professionals yeah. that we can do and things we can't. And uh, yeah. I have to take a lot of, well, not a lot of, I have to take an ethics course mm-hmm. every renewal period with my licensing. And that is the biggest thing that they like hone in on practice is do not ever hesitate to tell a client that something is out of your scope of practice Mm -hmm. because it comes down to legalities i have literally (laughs) had clients like i mean you know this Mm -hmm. i had a complaint oh yeah because i told them no like legally this isn't something i can do like listen I'm all for I will push it to the limit absolutely I will do if there's even a great again I should not be saying this on a public (laughs) platform if there's a gray area Uh uh-huh I'm just gonna slide on into it absolutely but right to the Uh, edge of it right to the edge yes yes (laughs) I don't play past the edge (laughs) Um, but that's where I go but then like I'm done 
Yes. I'm like, yeah, I've, I've literally had complaints like, well, you know, I don't know. You know, it's not like you're going to get in trouble. No, because the client who complains that you're not going to do it is the client who's going to complain when you do it and yes. something goes wrong. Yep. That client is looking for something to complain about regardless. Mm-hmm. So you are damned if you do and damned, damned if, if you, you don't. don't. Yep. 100%. There's a lot of therapists I know that will work on people with certain techniques mm-hmm. that they should not be using on people. Yep. And I have gotten them. And they say, oh, well, this person does it. And yep. in my head, I just want to. You want to be like, we'll go back to them? I, I'm not that person. <laughs> yeah. My name is Haley. I am not yeah. this person. Yep. So this is the service I offer legally. Yep. So like, take it or leave it. Yep. That is, if you guys ever go in to a place and you don't have a specific person that you like to see or you see that specific person and then you see somebody else, do not ever tell that new therapist well, so-and-so used to do that. Then go see that person. Right, because quite frankly, <laughs> and like nothing against, like an understanding like where client confusion comes in. 100%, yeah. Because we also used to work with a girl who would pretend to do things <laughs> yeah. on clients and then they'd come like to the rest of us and we'd be like, yeah, no, you don't need that done. Like what's that? Oh, well, yeah. she always does that. And then you would talk to her and she's like, no, I pretend to because they said that other places did it. And so I knew they liked it. So I would just pretend. Don't do like so understanding like where the confusion comes in. Mm -hmm. But yeah, nine times out of 10, if you're going to one person and you go to other people and they're like, no, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. The other person probably shouldn't have been doing it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And when I say that. Don't tell people what well, the other person does it. Right. That tone that I am using when I say it is the tone that we're talking about. Yeah. It's not like the confused like, oh, well, you know, I'm used to yes. X, Y, or Z. Or, oh, you know, so-and-so over here, you know, did used to, you know, do yep. that for me. It's that very like, Ugh. seriously, you're not going to do it. Like, just do it. Yes. Like, that's the tone. Yep. Because I'm going to be honest, and I'm only speaking for myself at this point, I'm going to go in the back and bitch about you to everybody else if you yeah. say that to me that way. We sound like such bitches today now at the <laughs> end. <laughs> but it's okay. We're getting it out. We probably just need uh, some leeches or something to like bleed us out. Yeah. It, of again, our bad humors because we're being sassy. <laughs> yeah. It's the only explanation. Yeah. We're all out of balance. That's the only yeah. explanation yeah. for sure. So on that note, yeah, we're gonna go do some bloodletting. Yes, um, but we need to. <laughs> Let's. Not, I'm ready to get unconscious. Yeah, oh, absolutely. There are. I mean, I joke around. Now, I did tell you before we started recording that I did accidentally bash my head into a wall. Yes, I do. Consist- and I told you I do it all the time. <laughs> I do. I am still so embarrassed that I did it. But like after I did it, I don't actually want to do it anymore. But to be dramatic, bash I'm, your head into things. Mm-hmm. I hope. I am. <laughs> You're not there like, are oh, that's my new favorite thing. <laughs> no, there are days that I would definitely rather be unconscious. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I can no, do reset. it myself anymore. <laughs> so, friends, on that note, because it's getting weird, thank you for tuning in. Yes. <laughs> Please stick around for our next episode. We're slowly getting back onto our usual schedule. Yes. So keep an eye out mm-hmm. for the next release. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Yeah. Thank you. We love you guys. Yeah. Thanks for putting up with us. Thanks for putting up with us. And on that note, stay spooky, friends. Ooh. Ooh.
Am I Pretty Now is hosted by Haley Eshelman and Aaron Healy. Our theme music was composed by Jason Mundock. The show is recorded at the So Good Media Studio at the Candy Factory, a co-working and social club in Lancaster, PA. Schedule a tour at coworkinginlancaster.com. Keep up with Haley and Aaron and all things Am I Pretty Now on Instagram at Am I Pretty Now Pod.